Welcome to the Explore More podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Plaskett, and I'm so excited that you can join with me today. So what is the Explore More podcast? This podcast is dedicated to exploring the transformational human experiences that allow us to become the full expression of who we are. We look at the actions that get us there. We dig deep into topics that remove barriers towards progress so that we can all become the fullest expression of ourselves. I firmly believe that if we can get on a path of becoming the fullest expression of ourselves individually, not only can we become uh, make significant progress within our own lives, but we can make significant progress in our communities for the greater good of all. So that's what this podcast is about. We're going to explore that in each and every single episode to make you an enriched person. And we're going to dig right in into today's episode. Hey guys, Ralph Blaskett here, author of the acclaimed book, Deepening Growth, Powerful Lessons in Cultivating Your Personal Transformation, and founder of the Plaskett Institute, where we help passionate coaches and consultants and educators strengthen their personal professional mastery so that they can create transformational impacts, not only in their lives, but certainly with their clients and students. I want to be able to have a conversation with you today about the road to mastery, right? So mastery is a concept that we all want to achieve, right? We want to get better at something. We want to be able to get to the position of being the master or the expert in that thing. But that's a lovely thought without this thing that I want to be able to have a conversation about today, which is practice. The term practice is something that uh, we don't tend to connect with, and that's an assessment of mine, that we don't tend to connect with as powerfully as the term mastery, right? So we, we like mastery, but we don't like practice. But in order to get to practice, we need, in order to get to mastery, we need to be able to practice. You see, what, I, what comes to mind for me when I'm having this conversation um, are our athletes. Right, who are um, operating at the highest level of their sport. What do they do? Every single day, multiple times a day, they practice. They engage in their sports so that they can become better. They understand how they are experiencing this sport, their sport, so that they can become better. They continue to do and do and do repetitive movements, repetitive actions, so that they can become better. And that's the only way towards mastery that we can engage in is to practice. And during these times, this response to COVID-19, um, our whole world is turned upside down. And when our world is, gets interrupted, one of the first things that tends to go is our practice. And see, we can't allow that to happen, right? See, we have to understand where our practice or the, the desire for a practice is established. 
And for more often than not, and a desire for a practice, whatever it may be, it may be that you want to become a better baker. It may be that you are studying some type of form of martial arts and you want to become better. It may be that you are in sports and you want to become at the height of your game. Whatever it may be, we need to understand the grounding of what that practice is. And it is a desire for fulfillment. However you, dis however you chop it up on what, or whatever industry or, or subject area your practice is, it is a desire for fulfillment because the execution of the thing, the, the, the practice, provides you fulfillment. Otherwise, you wouldn't have practiced it, right? For those athletes who are at the top of their game, they get great fulfillment in their sport. Um, when for a baker who practices new recipes or perfects a recipe, they get fulfillment in the process of baking and certainly in the enjoyment others have of consuming their baked goods. I know I certainly do. Guilty as charged. So it is that fulfillment that we um, are seeking in, the, in, the, in our practice. And as a result, we cannot allow our practice to be the first thing that gets tossed aside when our world is turned upside down. Now, COVID-19 is um, an unprecedented uh, experience that we're having uh, in, this, uh, in this world. Right. But the, in our individual worlds, um, there are events that happen that causes our personal worlds to be turned upside down. This is part of our human experience. So you will have other experiences, other events that happen in your world that's going to cause you to get turned upside down. And one thing that we need to be able to depend on is a practice that continues to drive our fulfillment. And when we're able to do that, um, then um, not only do we have a well-being uh, mentally, um, but we can ensure a physical well-being as well. So then we're looking at the whole picture of our life and how we support uh, the healthy harmony of our life's experience. So I want to be able to share with you three part strategy of being able to depend on uh, your practice. So a three part strategy to be able for you to depend on your practice, regardless of what's going on in your world, right? So the first thing that we have to do is that we need to be able to commit to the practice. Now, Many of us here who are watching this video are on various ends of the spectrum. Some people who are just establishing the practice, others who have had are grounded in a practice. Um, but nevertheless, uh, there are things that happen, right? So this three-part strategy is going to support everyone across this spectrum. The first is committing to a practice. We have to be able to get to a place where we commit regardless of what's going on in our lives to our practice. One of my practices, I have Two, we'll have several, but one of my practice is Tai Chi. I want to be able to get really good at it. I want to be able to, for it to be second nature in my body um, for the muscle memory to occur. I'm not there yet, but I'm certainly practicing uh, Tai Chi. And what that looks like is probably about a half hour worth of work um, in the morning when there's no one else around and I can engage in it. 
right? But sometimes I wake up late or sometimes my body is not in tuned to wanting to practice. But regardless of what that is, regardless of the reason or the excuse that I may have for myself on not practicing my Tai Chi, I have to be able to commit to that practice. Right? And whatever your practice may be, however long it takes um, for you to engage in your practice, right? It may, for me, I said it was about a half hour worth of time. For you, it may be an hour worth of time. It may be two hours worth of time. I, I'm not sure what that time looks like for you, but we need to be able to commit that time on a consistent cadence so that we can reap the benefits of the practice on, so that we can realize the road towards mastery. So we need to be able to commit. We can't allow our practice to be the first thing that's thrown to the wayside when our world is turned upside down. But Ralph, my world is turned upside down so much so I cannot commit the half hour, the hour, the two hours. No, I certainly understand, right? You know, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying disregard the experience of your life to mean turned upside down and commit to your practice. If you can do so, great. If you can't, here is what I want you to do. Establish a minimum. Establish a minimum. So, my practice takes 30 minutes, right? But that's me fine-tuning and working through some of the moves and, and uh, reflecting on what I just did and trying to find a way to do it better. That's all happening within that 30 minutes and certainly it can be much longer. Um, but what is my minimum? What is the minimum practice that I need in order to still reap the benefits of the practice that I'm looking for so that I can still move forward in my progression on the road to mastery? A minimum says that I need to be able to ground myself with the intention of what my practice is. So what might happen, what, what may take me 30 minutes of time will now um, may take me five minutes of time. This reduction of time isn't a loss um, of, it's a loss of quantity, but what we're picking up is a, an increase in quality. So what we're picking up in this minimum, and here's the, this is the real foundation of having a consistent practice, is establishing a minimum that has the intention of um, the practice itself, right? I don't know what I could be in bakery, so I'm not even going to go down that example. I don't know what that might be in your particular sport of interest. But I know for me in Tai Chi, in this moment that I am in my practice, is really about that grounding, that centering, so that I am um, not being able to be tipped over or be off balance, right? So for me, balance is a key element of my, of my practice. Now, I typically do the movements of Tai Chi to be able to achieve that through practice over a 30-minute period. Um, but when I, I don't have the 30-minute period to be able to commit to, I commit to the minimum. And that minimum for me is five minutes of being able to work on my grounding practice. So the intention that I put forward in that five minutes is as much effort as I put in the 30 minutes, for example. 
For you, I don't know what that may be. For if you're a basketball, it may be your, your dribbling capabilities. It may be your crossover. It might be the thing that you just practice for a short period of time. Um, but whatever it is, establishing a minimum allows you to stay connected to your practice and therefore the fulfillment that we're after. And then lastly, of this three-part strategy is establishing a way into your practice. Establishing a way into your practice. Um, so you've, you've committed to a practice, you have a minimum practice that you can work on when you can't do your full uh, extent of practice, but then you still have an inhibitor. You are still not wanting to do your practice for whatever reason, your head space is just not right, your body's not feeling up to tune, whatever it is that it may be, you need a way to get into your practice. Again, we've identified the practice is something that we hold near and dear to us. It is something that provides us and causes us fulfillment. So as a result, we need to be able to commit to that practice. And when we are, when we establish a way into our practice, um, we have the capability to execute on that practice. So what does into the practice means, right? Again, you may try to be avoiding it. You have a lot of head talk is happening. And what we need to do is be able to overcome that head talk. Good. Just, just jump right over it and be able to uh, get into the practice. Um, for me, I know often I put so much weight on my practice. What that means is that I say, oh man, this practice is going to be going to solve all my problems when I'm 90 years old. Right? The chief concern for me is my ability to balance when I'm much older. Right? I'm still a young buck, um, but I put so much weight on that that uh, it causes so much anxiety for me to get into the practice. So what I need to do is be able to um, do one of my centering practices, another practice, do one of my centering practices to reaffirm what I'm trying to do here. And if that head talk is becoming so much for me, I'll say I'm going to commit to my, my uh, minimum practice and I'm going to do that as at least, right? For you, it may be, um, you know, whatever it is, for you it may be, again, depending on your practice, for you it may be that you have an injury, right? And you, you, know, you just don't want to get into the practice. But there is something, some element of, you, of your practice, if you can break it down and look inside, there's some element of your practice that you can execute in your minimum practice. So getting in may be putting on your favorite music. Getting in may be um, a, a somatic experience, right? It may be, you know, you clap in your hands. It may be that you, you uh, bellow from the depths of your belly and just scream out. It may be that you jump up and down to get ready and into your practice. Whatever it may be, it's an experience that allows you to trigger and get you in hyped, if you would, and ready into your practice. There is nothing like, um, I, you know, I don't know, I love hip hop, I love reggae, I love that type of music. And in that type of music, um, there is uh, a person called a hype man. And the hype man gets the crowd ready for their artist, 
right? So you can be your own hype man, hype woman, and get yourself ready for the practice that you're about to engage in. Because you've committed to the practice, you've established your minimum, and now you're gonna walk into that practice and do it because of the fulfillment that it causes you. So there you have it. That is a three-part strategy for being able to um, commit to practice so that you can realize the road to mastery. And this is something that we, um, again, we don't want to allow the practice to go to the wayside because a practice is center or um, center towards our fulfillment in a certain area. So I'm Ralph Plaskett, guys. I am so excited to be able to share this information with you. Again, if you are not um, signed up or subscribed to my newsletter, uh, The Explorer's Journal, this is where we unpackage growth and development information just like what you've heard today um, in this newsletter as well on a weekly basis. One of these emails that you take a look at and you said, man, I can't wait for the email next week. Not only is it informative for my coaches, educators, and consultants out there, but certainly it is entertaining as well. At least I think so. So go ahead and subscribe so then you can let me know how um, entertaining it is. Until next week, um, enjoy the greatness that is life.